Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's Thursday, July the 6th, 2023. Wow, it's Thursday. But anyways, guys, we weren't here Tuesday because of the 4th of July. Hopefully everyone had a... Decent, good enough for for July, um, wherever you may be. So, anyways, we have a special guest here on the line. He's host of the semi-social life of a black introvert podcast. You know, I, 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 I every word I, I hear from from this guy, it, 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 it means true meaning to me and others out there that that should listen. But I will post a link after this show. So let's welcome in Aaron Whitfield to the show. Hey, yo, what's going on, y'all? I appreciate you for having me on the show, man. I'm excited to see, see where, where our conversation, conversation goes. goes. Hey, hey, you know, I, I appreciate you coming on, taking the time out of your busy schedule, and um, thank you for having ha- Thank you for coming on. No problem. problem. Yes, sir. So, <laughs> so I started this last week. I always do a fun fact question. What is your favorite team? Yeah, my favorite team, I am a, uh, a diehard Ohio State uh, Buckeyes football um, fanatic. Um, that has been my team since I was three years old, being raised in Ohio, here in Columbus, Ohio. Like you have no choice but to love Ohio State football. So that is my favorite team. Okay. 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 Football, basketball, all football. Yeah, 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 just, just all football. football. I mean, we follow, uh, I follow all sports, uh, you know, working at Ohio State and just being here in, um, you know, definitely in Ohio. But outside of that, uh, Cincinnati Bengals for football. Um, I haven't had a team in the NBA since Jordan left. I mean, I watched. You know, the, you know, the NBA, NBA religiously, religiously. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was something special about those Bulls teams in my childhood that really, you know, you know. Heartfelt team, so, so um, but yeah, but yeah I mean that's those, those, those are my two favorite teams. teams. Not even the Cavaliers in basketball. Cavaliers. No, 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 so there's a little bit of a rivalry between, um, you know, if you're in the northern part of the state, you're a Cavaliers fan. Right. If you're in Central Ohio, if you're where I am, Columbus, Cincinnati, you know, we tend to, um, you know, cheer for either the Bengals or or we are more of Ohio State, you know, you know, fans, just just in general. Cavs aren't really as heavy here, um, as they would be in Cleveland. That's interesting because uh, you know they won 51 games in the regular season, and Donovan Mitchell has got him has got him going going places ever since LeBron left in 2016. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's always, always good, good to see the Cavs win, win. You, know, you know, even during the LeBron, LeBron years, like, to bring that shine to Ohio, to bring that shine to Ohio. That's our only um, NBA team. Um, and so, you know, they they, they have some love, you know, but I, I love to see them, uh, you know, go out and compete. Donovan Mitchell is incredible. They have some nice young guards. They have some good pieces up there. So I'm excited to see where they build this year. Hopefully they can make it on a little bit farther in the playoffs. Yes. Yes, we um, we hope so too. But I want to talk about your Ohio State football. What what are you what what do you expect this season? 
Oh, you know, it, it, every, every year, every, every year, year we expect to win a national, national championship. championship. That's, That's just what happens. happens. Okay. And so, um, and so, um, and so I'm, I'm expecting a national championship. Um, now whether we get there, you know, you know, hey, games still have to be played in Ohio. Of course, you know, we can get some snow, we can get some rain, and it's just it's competition. You could lose some games, um, but I'm expecting national championship. But you know, on the low end. New quarterback, new quarterback um, maybe, maybe two, two losses, losses maximum. Okay. But my heart is for a national championship, though. <laughs> as long as you beat Michigan. Listen, 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 the last two years have been, have been rough, rough on me. On me. Um, um, I, I am I'm only superstitious when it comes to Cincinnati Bengals, Bengals football or Ohio State football. football. In the last two, two years, I just knew we were going to lose. And so – you know, you know on that day, day on the Michigan, Michigan game, game day, like, you know, I'm a I'm wreck. A wreck. Um, um, normally, I, I close myself off in a room. Yeah. I have to be left alone. Um, um, I don't like to watch the football game, game where other people do the bad luck. luck. I'm, I'm a mess on that day. day. So, <laughs> so, so um, everybody's bad luck we lose. So, I'm hoping that we definitely get the dub this year. Everybody. Yo, even the dog. Even my dog. I love my dog. He's bad luck. He has to be outside the room. My daughter, my son, wife, everybody has to be off the room. Um, And that's the only time I'm like that, which is a shame. And that's part of being a fan, though. It's part of being a fan. Right. I mean, I'm I'm a diehard Cowboys fan. And I can't imagine... I have to lock my doors and just start slamming things when they lose. But I do feel I do feel you on that one. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a weird, weird thing because I think, I think as fans, fans it, it, maybe, maybe it's me, maybe it's me. me. But no, you know, you become so emotionally attached. attached. And if, and if you know your team, team you, know, you know if you know your team's tendencies, if you know what how they react when they're up, but you also know their deficiencies. You know when. When the tide turns, sometimes I know the I know an interception is coming. When it happens, right. I just I just lose it. You know, I just lose it. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's part of the fan experience, part of rooting for uh, you know your team, your culture. You know, it, 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 it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I want to get to the Ohio State culture since you said that. Um, you work at Ohio State. I do. How, how is the culture over there, Ohio State? On on um. Various parts of the season. So, so Ohio State is very much, especially it's it's a football culture. Mm-hmm. Everything of you know of, uh, revolves around the football team, um, and so you know we ride this wave of mm-hmm. of anything less than perfection is a is a bad season. So, so right. if we go eleven and two, mm-hmm. you know we got to rebuild. If right. we go eleven and you know twelve and one, changes need to be made. Until until they get that national championship, then it's always <laughs> sort of a work in progress. Right. And so um, and so when it, you know when we're beating teams, uh, you know, pretty easily, mm-hmm. it's a great day on campus. Right. But when they lose, <laughs> well, it's not it's not it's not that they, it's not that the week is bad. It's just, mm-hmm. it's the rest of the year is bad. You right. know, it, it's. It's a um, until the next year, so mm-hmm. it's a tough sort of environment in some regard because there's an expectation of perfection. Okay. So and for the young men on that field or, or, or any type of athlete, how mm-hmm. do you measure up to perfection? You know, right. so 
Um, that's that's sort of how the culture is at Ohio State uh, mm-hmm. and just the city of Columbus and, the, and really Ohio sort of in general. Mm-hmm. Let me get to Ryan Day real quick. What do you think of him as a coach? You know, I um, I was ready for Urban Meyer to go. Okay. Um, I, I was ready for uh, the culture. You know, I, I want to win, um, but I also want there to be a culture mm-hmm. of young men that can perform in the classroom mm-hmm. um, and in the community. Um, I don't want to sacrifice anyone's personal lives or their integrity for a win on the field. I'm, right. I'm not that crazy as a fan. And so I like Ryan Day mm-hmm. um, as a coach. I think he is a a steady coach that people can believe in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want those. Now I do want some Michigan wins. Um, <laughs> that's not but, his fault. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I want that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's a sidebar. But I think when it comes to being a leader of men and really a leader of a program, because there are also women, um, you know, who are tied to the program mm-hmm. uh, and leader of people. Mm-hmm. Ryan day is a great coach in what Ohio state needs. Um, and so, yeah, I, I love Ryan Day as a coach. I just hope you don't get rid of him. Um, I feel like I feel like the NFL's next. That's my, you know, that's my idea. And it, and it could be, it could be because he is a. Um, I do think he had. He's a genius offensive mind, mm-hmm. and he is what the you know what the NFL should and could be looking for. Mm-hmm. And you know that, like I spoke on earlier, that uh, that culture of perfection. You know, if he doesn't mm-hmm. win. If he doesn't beat Michigan and and win the national title, then the season is a loss. And so, um, you know, that type of power, he's probably the most powerful man in the state. That's what mm-hmm. happens Damn. when you when you're the highest wow. paid employee. Wow. And so, um, and so, it's just it's it's an interesting job. I wouldn't be surprised if one day he did pick up and leave. But then again, he's mm-hmm. the king of the town. He's the king of the state right now. Wow. So oh maybe gosh. not. Hmm. Okay. Well, just gotta see what happens this season. Um, what are your what is your win total this season for Ohio State? Before I talk to you about uh, your, uh, <laughs> before I talk to you talk to you about your, uh, what's it called? But about your team in Cincinnati, what's your expectations for? What's your win total for Ohio State since you want to win a national championship? You know, here I, I, I need us to go undefeated. And that's tough. That's that's tough for us. You play um, tough big team, I need man. fourteen and zero, um, okay. but realistic me is saying eleven and two. 11 we have a new two. quarterback, okay. uh, but we have plenty of offensive weapons. But but um, okay, eleven and two, twelve and one. Okay. So, but I. It's the, doable. The, the fanatic in me, the fan is like, yo, we're undefeated. We're good. We're 14 and 0. Let's make it happen. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. Somewhere in, the, in, in there. You know, I want to go mm-hmm. with the fan side, but the realistic side, new quarterback, uh, bringing them in, mm-hmm. some new weapons, replacing some pieces. We've got a good team. 11 and 2 is still good. Um, Especially but that one, it's not a championship. Especially, in the, it might be a championship for the Big Ten. You might get to a Big Ten title game and, w- and win it. That's not what we want. <laughs> that's, not a, that's, that's not the ring that we want around here. That's not. That's the. Uh, that's like the engagement ring. You know, we want the. We want the, we want the full. We want another rock on there. So yeah, we'll. we'll I mean, we'll take it. Mm-hmm. But um, 
that's not what it is. You know, we want that big national. We want to be able to brag for the whole year, and and you know, and, and be the top, the top of the on top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I don't know. I'm going eleven and two, okay, twelve and one. But I really want the undefeated season. Okay, well that comes to September then. Um, so you say Ryan Day is the biggest name in the state. What about Zach Taylor of the Cincinnati Bengals? Now, he led y'all to the Super Bowl in 2021. Talk about him a little bit. he did. He did. You know, and and, uh, Zach Taylor is a wonderful coach um, now. Mm -hmm. In in those early years, in those early years of Zach Taylor, first couple years, first, you know, Mm -hmm. I would say two seasons, definitely. Right. Um, Zach Taylor, he was a young coach, and, and I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. Now I'm sure what he can do. Now I feel okay. pretty confident going into games that he mm-hmm. can, uh, you know, um, make some halftime adjustments that, yes. that that the offense is going to run the way it needs to. Now I have faith. But as a long-time mm-hmm. Bengals fan, yeah, those early <laughs> Zach Taylor years, I, I would I would literally stop watching the games mm-hmm. after like week six. I'm like, my heart what? can't go through all these losses. Wow. Yeah, I, I was that type of person. Um, but really, I think it's a, um, I think it's a Joe Burrow thing. Right. I think that, you know, Zach Taylor and the Bengals organization, Mm -hmm. which has been historically average and or poor, Mm -hmm. hit the lottery with Joe Mm -hmm. Burrow. Right. And so I would throw, I would throw him in as the Mm -hmm. person, um, you know, who has really changed the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I'm definitely proud of my Bengals. I'm proud of them. Do you think Joe Burrow can bring a championship to the Cincinnati? I do, I do. And you know, and when I was watching that, when I, when I was watching the, the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. once again, once again, with the door closed, dog out the room, everybody <laughs> can't see me in my angst. Um, <laughs> like, like I, I'm praying, like I'm praying, like it's, I'm, I'm like God, help us, like we need this. <laughs> Um, we need it. And so, um, yes, I do think that we can get a Super Bowl Mm -hmm. in Cincinnati, but here's Mm -hmm. the deal. And I think a lot of Bengals fans, uh, will echo this, you know, my sentiments Mm -hmm. every year Mm -hmm. we've had bad luck. I mean, we have some bad luck historically in the Mm -hmm. franchise. And so Mm -hmm. it's not that we should I hope we get a Super Bowl, but dag on it, something about that organization, something about the, the 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 stadium. There's still some bad luck in that stadium. When things go wrong, they go wrong. They go really wrong. And so I'm hoping that we can go this this next 15, 10 to fifteen years without the uh, bad luck that's just in the air down there mm. popping up. Because um, I don't need a Joe Burrow injury. Um, I, I don't. I don't. Every hit he takes, I'm like, this could be the one. Right. This right. could be the one. We could look right. like this could be the one hit. And so mm-hmm. everything rides on Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. And that makes me nervous, especially <laughs> as a Bengals fan. We have terrible luck. <laughs> we have some terrible luck. So um, so I say, yes, we should win a, uh, a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And, and if we ever brought a Super Bowl to Cincinnati, I'm making that drive down there. I want to. I'm actually going to put on some black and some orange, and I will I will be down there. But every game is nervous. Every every game is has that type of vibe. So 
you think that uh, you think you think Joe Burrow will be upright in ten years at that time? Because I I feel mm. like I feel like there's some Tom Brady comparisons that mo- most people are making right now. I think that as he gets into the league um, and, mm. and um, his body continues to mature and that mm. he gets you know he, yeah. he understands how to fall and he doesn't take some of the risk. I think he can minimalize the risk, but then again, it's also the NFL. Right. right. And so, um, you know, it's a game of risk and, and it's a violent game. And so, yes, I'm hoping for his own health that yeah. he is upright in 10 years and that he's balling out mm-hmm. as he should because he's been a godsend right. um, to Cincinnati to have two football teams right. in the state of Ohio that – can potentially do really well. Right. We haven't had that since early nineties, maybe. Yeah. I mean, like, early like 90s. it's it's yeah, been it's some been time. time, and so um and so it, it, it's a beautiful thing uh, to see Cincinnati rise from the ashes, right? And um and perform on a national stage. We're one of the hottest teams in the nation. Right. I mean, people are wearing Joe Burrow jerseys outside of Ohio. <laughs> Golly. Like, like, where we get? When is that? People were they're showing our games, and so um, it's oh beautiful. It's beautiful. It's exciting um, mm. to be a Bengals fan now. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, we, well, I well, I'm a Cowboys fan, so I, I do, I have no ill will towards you know Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. So, but I do, I do always fear that division that y'all in because y'all are in the toughest division well actually the second toughest division in the NFL yeah so you got your Pittsburgh you got your uh, Cleveland Browns you got your Baltimore Ravens oh yeah y'all... it's murder's row and, right. and it's cold up here and, and, and it's um and when we play games in November December mm-hmm. it's almost I, I imagine playing a game in November December up here it's almost like playing two games because right. it's different when you get hit Mm-hmm. And it's cold, right? Um, you know, so yeah, it, it's the um, we have a tough division, top to bottom. So mm-hmm. I'm not expecting a a uh, now that we're in the 17 game season, mm-hmm. 15 and two, right? It's, right? it's one of those divisions. If you win, if you make it 12 and five, mm-hmm. that is really your adversity in the in the divisions preparing right. you for the playoffs. Right. I think that's why all of those teams, you could be a Cincinnati, you could be a Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. you can be, um, you know, Baltimore, heck, even the Browns, right. all that adversity in the division is going to prepare them for a playoff run. So right. um, it's just that type of division. Okay. What do you think this season for the Cincinnati Bengals? 12 and 5. Um, 12 and five. I'm, I'm going with 12 and 5 again. Okay. Um. I think that the offensive line is really going to help. We need to get our run game mm-hmm. uh, where uh, to be a bit more consistent. Okay. Um, and so, but our offensive line looks looks mm-hmm. pretty good on paper. Of course, mm-hmm. you have your injuries and stuff like that. But yes. I'm saying 12 and five. Our defense is strong, mm-hmm. corner strong, mm-hmm. young safeties, but they'll get it. They'll right. get it. Our uh, defensive line. We need to get mm-hmm. more pressure on the quarterback. Um, okay. 12 and 5. 12, 12 and 5. five. Okay. And then I'm saying at least we'll make it to we'll make it at least to the to the AFC championship game. I'm not going to say Super Bowl yet. You know okay. what I'm saying? Catch me then. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely be in the AFC championship game. 
I just hope you don't face Pat Mahomes. I feel like he's, he's, he's always going to kill you, kill anybody, anybody in the AFC. Yeah, it's funny. There. I don't, you know, and I think he's a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think he's the best quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. I like how we play against Kansas City. We don't go in with fear. Right. And um, and even last year, the Bengals shot themselves in the foot mm-hmm. a couple of different times <laughs> um, in that game in the playoffs. And and um, mm-hmm. and so I, you know, I don't I don't fear Patrick Mahomes. I think we match up really, really, really well against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I, I just I think we do. Man, you know, personnel and even the you know the budding rivalry makes that right. game. An interesting game, and so I like I like us against them. Okay, they're a great team, but I think you know we can definitely rise to the occasion, mm-hmm. and you know and definitely get a dub. Yeah, look at the receiver side. You have you have I think the best tandem in the league. You got T Higgins. Who else you have? Uh, Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd. We have Jamar Chase. Oh yeah, um, Jamar Chase. Yeah we. We have a trio of receivers mm-hmm. um, that you know that will make any pretty much any mm-hmm. NFL team uh, uh, jealous, and we have some young guys too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Bengals have done a pretty good job in the mm-hmm. draft. Obviously, the last ten years, uh, but nice. really about five to seven years of um, of getting some 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 players in these skill positions mm-hmm. that can really mm-hmm. affect the game in a positive way. Like we look stacked, right? Now and so, um, yeah, you know, we and, and even at the tight end position, um, which we don't feature as much, but right. I'm excited to see, um, you know, what what we do in the, in the tight end game this year. Mm-hmm. I just imagine that tight end, that tight end game is going to kill kill everybody in that in, in the whole entire NFL. Um, so Jamar Chase, I always hear Justin Jefferson every single off season as being one of the best young receivers in the game. Jamar Chase. Uh, his rookie deal's up next year, I believe. Do you think he can be the best in this game? I think it's tough, too. I think, you know, to be the best is almost um, is it could change based upon the person. Do I think that Jamar Chase is exactly what we need mm-hmm. as a Cincinnati Bengals team? Yes. I think that yes. he plays he plays almost like a running back as a receiver, incredibly mm-hmm. strong. Right. He is a difference maker. I like Justin Jefferson. Do I think if you put him on the Bengals, he will put up numbers? Yes. Absolutely. Um, when you're a difference maker like that, like Better when you're a, stu- a superstar, really, right. uh, like those two, you're going to put up numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Jamar Chase may not put up Justin Jefferson numbers because mm-hmm. he has a supporting cast yeah. around him that doesn't require him to do as much. Right. And so, but do I think he could be interchangeably one of these top sort of five to three receivers in the league, especially mm-hmm. with the quarterback that he has? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do I think right. there are other receivers that will want to, mm-hmm. that may have better numbers than Jamar Chase that will want to be on the mm-hmm. Bengals having, uh, you know, Joe Burrow as their quarterback? Right. Absolutely, too. So, um, so I, you know, I like where we are with Jamar Chase. I love it. I love it a lot. Uh, let's talk about your podcast. Now, your podcast is all about, it's centered around us, uh, us black men, black women, 
let's talk about your podcast as a whole. Should people outside of our race listen to the podcast? Absolutely. You know, my, my podcast is called the Semi-Social Life of a Black Intro Podcast. Um, you know, definitely check it out. Uh, you know, and subscribe. Hit me up with a message if the me- if you it. love it. If you don't, just let me know. But absolutely, my I'm an educator mm-hmm. um, at heart, um, and and even within my career position, you know, with what I do, um, and so this is a platform for me to yes, tell a story um, mm-hmm. of being a black man in America, or a black man mm-hmm. in this world, um, but also you know, it's a platform that. I have to teach. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sure. say some things that are going to challenge what people believe. Right. And they may not necessarily agree, um, mm-hmm. but life isn't about agreeing. Life is right. about, in some ways, about learning the, the perspectives of others mm-hmm. and finding commonalities and, and taking time to understand that differences shouldn't necessarily be division. Right. Um, but yeah, I encourage people outside of, you know, being, you know, black or, you know, African-American or, or African or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. this is a podcast for everybody because really mm-hmm. it's 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 about how do we make the human mm-hmm. race better? How do we make yes. our, our communities better? How do we mm-hmm. make how, how do we show up and be better individuals wherever we mm-hmm. go? Um, so so that's how I sort of try to focus the podcast. Right. I love it. I love it a lot. I will post the link for to your podcast, but I want to ask you one last thing. Now, being an, an an athlete, being an athlete, what what uh part of your podcast? What what black athletes should we know? I'm sorry. If somebody outside of the uh, out of the black athlete wants to know your podcast, what can they learn from it? Yo, outside of you know, when looking at my podcast, what can people learn from um, yeah. from my podcast? Sure. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, you know, I I think that um people can learn. I'm about community. Sure. What I do um professionally, what I do personally is about building community with not just people that look like you, that you share commonalities mm-hmm. with or of your same ethnic background or whatever, but how do you build yes. community with someone who may challenge you? Right. And so I talk a lot about, a, a lot about, uh, you know, my perspective as a black man, but also give teaching principles mm-hmm. on how to connect with people. How do you connect with, with young athletes or young students, or, or if you're a teacher, yes. students, or someone in your community, how do you connect with a coworker? Yes. How do you, I talk a lot about mental health right. um, and showing up and being your best. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's so many different jewels, yes. you know, that I would like to think of jewels that I try to drop in my podcast mm-hmm. um, that are aimed toward building better people. Yes. And when you build better people, you build better community. I love it. I love it a lot, my man. Um, so tell people what you do and and give them that spill. Yo, so I am a podcaster. I'm a motivational speaker. I'm an educator. I am someone who can teach and reach. Uh, if you are a um, in any type of school system, community center, and even, you know, a library, I have a, um, a background in, um, you know, libraries and working in public and community spaces, hit me up. 
I would love to come and visit whoever you are, wherever you are, mm-hmm. um, and invest into your community, invest mm-hmm. into your company, um, you know, in how to make your experience as an individual mm-hmm. or as a corporation or business better. Um, my heart is to invest and to change and make the world a better place. So that's what I do. This is the man with the plan. He's done it all. We want to thank Aaron. Aaron Wilson, I appreciate you so much. Let people know where we can find you at, sir. Yo, get at me on my website. It's called IamMufali.com. I'm going to spell it out for y'all. I-A-M-M-U-F-A-L-I.com. IamMufali.com. Also, check out my podcast. It's in my social life of a black introvert podcast. Anywhere on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get a podcast, you can find me. Um, just, yeah, let me know, hit me up. I'd love to meet and reach out, uh, you know, to all of y'all. Send that link to me in, in the messenger so I can, uh, I can look at it for myself and I can preach it out to my, uh, people over there, people on, mm-hmm. on the websites and all that stuff. But Aaron Wilfield, I appreciate you so, so much, brother. Thank you so much. You're welcome to come back anytime. Oh man, it's been an honor, man. I appreciate you. Talking sports and life with me, man. I, man, I truly do. I'm I still, love it's it. It's been an honor. Thank you so much, Aaron. So, for everybody else, coming next, we're going to talk about the good and bad of NBA free agency. Who won? And then I have some trade scenarios from Dame. We're going to talk about that next. It's Beyond the Game on Fishbowl Radio. Shopping in ovens, I like you, I do I hit you when I land, can you fit me in your plans? I like you, I do We went up out of France and we woke up in Japan I like you, I do Oh girl, I know you only like a fancy So I pull up in that Maybach candy Yeah, your boyfriend, I never understand me Cause I'm about to pull this girl like a hand Let's check a little tip now, lady Hit the PC at your Thank you. 
talk anymore. We don't talk anymore. We don't talk anymore like we used to do. We don't laugh anymore. What was all of it for? We don't talk anymore like we used to do. I just heard you found the one you've been looking. You've been looking for. I wish I would have known that wasn't me. Just you waving tonight. If you're scared and it's just right, the way I did before. I overdosed. Should've known your love was a game. Now I can't get you out of my brain. Oh, it's such a shame that we don't talk anymore. We don't talk anymore. We don't talk anymore like we used to do. We don't laugh anymore.
Welcome back to the Beyond the Game podcast on Festival Radio. Well, we want to thank the great, the great brother Aaron Winfield for coming in. But I will send all his uh, links to my socials so y'all can listen and learn something. Now, free agency. Okay, so the good and bad about it. Let's start with the bad first. My Spurs. Okay. Now, <sighs> let me say this. Now, let me read some some things real quick. So we saw Sandro Magistuvi. I can't even pronounce his name. I'm sorry for misnomer of your name. A year for two mil. We acquired C.D. Osman and Lamar Stevens from the Cavs. That was when uh, Max Drews signed his offer sheet, four-year, 60-year contract. The sign-and-trade deal was the Miami Heat, and we got those two players back, is C.D. and Lamar Stevens. Um, so we got Trey for two two years for 20 mil, I believe. I think I'm reading that right. And then we signed Julian Champagne, who could be the MVP of the Summer League. We signed him four years for 12. Now, let me say this here. We're going to talk about the Summer League next week, all that stuff. But we did awful this for agency. We didn't sign anyone. I mean, we got Reggie Bullock and a draft pick back from the Mavericks yesterday. That's fabulous. That's great. I don't know what Reggie Bullock's role on this team is. I just don't know. Normally, I want big free agents. I want, I want Austin Reeves. I want Dame. 
We have opportunities to get Austin Reeves, but he went back to the Lakers, unfortunately, for for a, a fabulous contract. It's ridiculous. We have to do. We have to surround players and without Victor. You cannot surround. A, a, um, no disrespect to Kelvin Johnson or Devin Vassell or Trey Jones. We don't need a Trey Jones. What has Trey Jones proved in this league to get that type of money that he's going to get? I expect my point guard to average 10 and 10 a game. That means 10 points and 10, 10 assists a game. Trey Jones is not that guy. Unfortunately, he's not. I would have gone for Chris Paul. I Heck, I would have gone for Dame. Now, Dame, they're saying they want Keldon Johnson. They want Doug McDermott, and they want a bunch of draft picks. That's what Portland's saying for one player. To me, it doesn't make sense. It's not a great trade. I'm not trading Keldon. I mean, I'll, I'll trade Doug McDermott. Doug McDermott has proven nothing on the Spurs, but but get hurt. But I'll trade for Dame. But I will not trade Keldon Johnson. You know, Portland's asking for too much. Y'all need to sit down and say and reevaluate your assets. You just gave. Uh, Jeremy Grant four year five years for one sixty. You you drafted Scoot Henderson and now you have Matisse Thybul, which you matched the offer sheet from the Mavericks. Like like the Spurs have to do better if we want to if you want Dame. Now Dame has said he wants to play. He he loves the San Antonio organization, but he really wants to play in Miami. And to me, Dame, you can't have it both ways. It's not you can't make those decisions. It's not you. Portland's saying we will trade you to the team that fit, that we can get uh, assets from. <laughs> we could do that, but it's ridiculous. You you can't you you. All I'm saying is we have to do a lot better in this free agency, and we have time to do that. It's not over. By any sense. But getting Reggie Bullock yesterday for a bunch of draft picks, having Grant Williams sign with the Mavericks yesterday, which, by the way, the Mavericks are going to be well off because they addressed everything in the offseason. They're doing some work in Dallas, believe it or not. Then you just got to see what happens in the summer league then for the Spurs-wise. Now, Julius Champagne, I don't want to see him play after the 15th. That's July 15th. I don't want to see him play after the 15th. I'm done seeing him for the regular, for after that. Anything, if he plays after that, that's on him. That's on him. What what more does, does he have to prove? But we're banking on summer league players to come on this team and try to, you know, galvanize the Spurs and win a 50 games this, this upcoming season. It could happen. We'll see. But my next team is the Clippers. Now, the Clippers, they got Russ for two years for eight mil. They lost Aaron Gordon, Eric Gordon to the Suns, and the team has no championship value. So, when you – Dame could easily get, get traded to the Clippers, but it, 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 they will want a lot to get back. And it's like, the Clippers are not even that championship-level team anymore. They have not addressed this offseason seriously. 
hey, you can't keep Ka- Ka- Kawhi and Paul George healthy. It's over for y'all. It's over. You might as well king. The, the Lakers are still the kings of that town, unfortunately. In free agency, we don't know on the we don't know on the court, but in free agency, they're the kings of the of the court. They still own L.A. with their numerous championships. The Clip, there's no championship within the Clippers organization, unless Paul George and Kawhi miraculously play all throughout the season, which is that's not going to happen. Kawhi is not going to play all 82 games. Neither is Paul George. Now. Both of those guys will be dressed out for 82 games, but they won't be. I'm sorry. They'll be they'll be street clothes for 82 games, but they won't dress out for 82 games. So, so Ty Lue has his work cut out for him, and unfortunately, it will cost him. Now let's get to my Mavericks. Not my Mavericks, but let's get to the Mavericks. That's the good, that's the bad side of free agency. Now let's get to the good side of free agency. The Mavericks signed, resigned Kyrie. Oh, we have a clip from um, Kendrick Perkins that we want to play real quick. Let's, before we get to the Mavericks, let's play a quick clip from Kendrick Perkins, and then we'll come back from the other side. It's a great line. Tim, you have some reporting on Kyrie Irving and his future. What more can you tell us? Yeah, first hour of free agency, the Mavericks and Kyrie Irving have agreed to a three. About Jay Kidd in particular, I think he is going to be the one to hold him accountable and be able to continue to get the best out of Kyrie. I can see them having an open relationship and being open and honest with each other, and I think we're going to see the best version of Kyrie Irving. Now, Luka Doncic, on the other hand, he should be satisfied. I think this was a great move for the Dallas Mavs and showing him that, hey, we're trying to make sure we add the pieces and keep superstar talent around you so you know that he could be you know come in and be the best version of himself as well and you look at those numbers outside of his points per game everything went up percentage wise for Kyrie and he was already elite in Brooklyn so I think this is a win for both parties right you talk like Kyrie so Kyrie signs three years from 126 Dante Exum you remember that guy the number one, the fifth overall pick for from Utah, he signed a contract with the Mavs. Seth Curry signed a contract with the Mavs for, I think it was for two years. Yep, two years. Dwight Powell signed a contract three years for 12. Now you add Grant Williams, four years for 54 mil. So we play that clip from Kendrick Perkins. I, don't, I, I disagree with what Kendrick Perkins is saying. I disagree because Kyrie Kid is not going to hold anybody accountable or responsible. For, they're both the same words. Kyrie's going to hold himself accountable because he signed that contract for three years of 126 million. He saw something in the Mavericks that he he loved. He loves playing with Luka. He loves playing with a group of guys that they have. So with me, Kyrie is saying I'm going to play at least 70 games throughout the next three years of that contract. Remember that kid has to be consistent this year. Remember that I did a list on the on the top NBA coaches that that we're going to describe them one by one. I think I put kid as consistency. He just needs to work on consistency within the rotation. You got Grant Williams, you got Steph Curry, you got Dante Exum. You you, you re up Kyrie, and now you draft you, you hit you hit hard in the draft. You drafted Derek Lively and Oliver. Uh, I don't know. I can't pronounce his name, but 
but you hit hard in the draft. So Kyrie's buying into this to, to this organization. Now we got to get him on the court for 70-plus games a season and, and, and see what happens within the Mavericks. Now, adding Grant Williams yesterday solidifies your front line. You don't have to focus more on Dwight Powell or Maxi Kleba. Now you got a tough guy in Grant Williams who is young and who who can play one through five. He, can, he actually defend one through five. Now you add that to the lineup, the Mavericks can go places. Not championship worthy, but they can go play. They can go past the first round, and I'm saying that because this team did not make the playoffs last year. Which to me, that's beyond me. I'm not. And I'm not even a Mavericks fan. I can just I can just tell you that this Grant Williams can be in the starting lineup, hands down. So, before I move on to the next team, my starting line will be Kyrie, Tim Hardaway Jr., Luca, Grant Williams, and then Dwight Powell. You do need some toughness in that front line, and they do have that. Dwight Powell has a little bit of toughness, but Dwight Powell cannot. He, he, he's more of a he's more of a hustle guy, and I, I'm and I'm glad I'm glad they got Grant Williams because Grant can take off the load from Dwight Powell as far as playing the low post position. That's hard for me to say because Dwight Powell is a, a stronger player, but he but he's weaker down there. He's weaker down low. So. I did think the Mavericks won this free agency. Um, I do think that they're not going to make any more moves unless surprisingly something happens. Now, granted, Jaden Hardy, you cannot forget about that guy. That guy, unfortunately, he's out of the rotation, unfortunately. The Mavericks are in a win-now mode. And right now, Jaden Hardy, they don't see it in in the plans for Jaden Hardy. I mean, I could be wrong, but they don't see they don't see in those they don't see those plans for Jaden Hardy to grow. And I thought this upcoming season it'll be his growth season to take that next step to maybe be the point guard on this team. But yet Kyrie's the point guard of this team, but he's going to be the backup, and and we just got to see what what where where they go from here. All right, so. Gabe is here. Hello, hello, and hello. Gabe, welcome back. We've been missing you for the last three weeks. Appreciate it, appreciate it. Yes, sir. Good to be back. Nice to see you back. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but this free agency is crazy for your Lakers. Yes, it is. Let's uh, let's recap everyone. So Gabe Williams, Gabe, not Gabe, not Gabe, not you. Gabe Vincent signed a three-year, $33 million contract. <laughs> Uh, Terrell Fish Ford. signed a $33 million contract. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Efficiency. Uh, Dorian Prince, he signed a two-year, well, actually a year for four point for four and a half. Mm-hmm. Rue Hachimura signed for three years for 51 mil. Ken Reddish signed for two years. Jackson Hayes, two years. It was a player option for next, for after that second year. Mm-hmm. Austin Reed's four for 56 D'Angelo Russell, two for 37, and Jared Vanderbilt opted in. Mm-hmm. So, I want your takes on the Lakers free agency so far. 
Man, honestly, I feel like we've done an amazing, amazing job with free agency this season. Um, mm-hmm. We've addressed all of the areas that we needed to address. I mean, we don't have a third star, which we don't necessarily need. I mm-hmm. mean, as long as, you know, this is wishful thinking, but if AD is healthy, yeah, um, <laughs> we, we we can pretty much, I mean, there's not too many teams in the, in the Western Conference that I fear, mm-hmm. you know, when we have a healthy AD. Mm-hmm. Um and so, with it being a new season, I'm hoping that we get uh, we get to see AD be AD. Yes. I feel like I've been saying that for the last three years. Yes. But I think... Uh, it's like a broken record this time. It is like a broken record. But I, I understand, like, mm-hmm. the pieces that we added and the pieces that we kept were crucially important. Um, yes. We, we kept my guy, Austin Reeves. We kept Rui. Yes. Um, we were able to keep D'Lo as well. Yes. Um, which, Which I weird. think is a – he's very streaky. He's very inconsistent, but I like his contribution. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a very scrappy player. I like the way he plays. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just we addressed everything that we needed to address. Yes. Um, and I think that I can't wait to see what Cam Reddish does and, and what his role will be. I can't wait to see mm-hmm. Jackson Hayes. I can't wait to see um, just the new additions all across, right. especially Gabe Vincent. Um, right. Very excited to see what comes of that and how they work him into the rotation. Because um, mm-hmm. he was a starter in Miami. So mm-hmm. um, I'm very interested to see what that looks like. Um, and, yeah, man, I think we did an amazing job. So Jackson Hayes, I, I was telling you before we got on, I yeah. said he's he's good on the court but reckless off it. Yeah. Um, he had a little bit of – and I don't, I don't want to sound like Malika Andrews. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sound like her. I'm not <laughs> like her. But he had a little bit of a reckless incident in 2020, I think, 2021, mm-hmm. um, where he got arrested. And, and, you know, I think it was like false idea. I, I, I can't remember the story. Yeah. But good player that can back up at 80. I think that I think that position was lacking in the playoff run. It was. I do see I, – I saw – that when AD went out, Rui did his best, but Rui is more of a power forward guy than actual center. So now you have a younger center guy that is hungry, that is ready, is ready to shine. He don't want to be in the in the limelight of Zion. Right. You got that situation real quick. So now you have Jackson Hayes. Jackson Hayes can back up AD. Mm-hmm. AD's not going to play the whole entire season. He's not. But Jackson Hayes probably will, mm-hmm. unless Darvin Ham uses his rotation correctly. That's another coach that I, I envy that makes mistakes on the fly. Yeah. But then again, he's 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 he can own up to that. Yeah. And that's what I like. I love honestly to that point, I love the way he handled even just being swept. Like mm-hmm. I like how he's like, Yeah, we didn't do what we were supposed to do. We didn't mm-hmm. handle our business. I take a lot of ownership. he took a lot of ownership as far as the rotation goes. Because, mm-hmm. honestly, we're, we're in a conference that's the Joker's conference to lose. Yes. Um, and I think everybody in the West knows that, mm-hmm. um, except for Phoenix. Uh, <laughs> 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 because, and I, I bring that up because, yes, Phoenix mm-hmm. added Bradley Bill, mm-hmm. but they didn't add anybody to defend the Joker. What They don't have that. No, DeAndre Aiden is not a great matchup for that. No, they don't. They 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 they, they, right. they uh, 
They're that, very small, mm-hmm. if I'm being honest. And, um, I'm, again, we're talking about the Lakers, so I don't want to give talk about no, Phoenix okay. too much. But I just want to, um, like, I'm using that as an example, like, why Jackson Hayes was needed. Because, mm-hmm. you know, so many teams in the Western Conference, they, they, they're small teams. The Warriors are small. Mm-hmm. Like, um, that's why the Joker is so dominant right. coming out of the West, because you don't have nobody that can defend you at seven whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and you yeah. got to defend all three levels of the court. Mm-hmm. That's not something that, I mean, it's honestly, there's no real player that can defend that completely. Mm-hmm. So you, you just have to contain it. Right. Um, but that's exactly what Jackson Hayes is for, is to contain mm-hmm. the Joker, if we're being honest. <laughs> contain the Joker. That's 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 going to be, like you said, that's going to be a tough task to, to ask for, for Jackson Hayes to do, especially off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about Gabe Vincent being a starter? Um, he has starter experience, but now mm-hmm. bringing the ball up, yeah, and I he think, can shoot. I think what is going to happen is I think he's going to end up being more of a two guard mm-hmm. um, with LeBron running the point um, because LeBron wants to defer and he wants to kind of play. Mm-hmm. away from the ball so much. Like, he, mm-hmm. he he's still going to get his points. He's still going to do his thing, but he wants to have mm-hmm. as many outlets as he can. Right. And with Gabe Vincent being able to shoot the way that he does, um, mm-hmm. I think that's going to bode well for LeBron mm-hmm. and his ability to drive and kick. Right. Um, so I'm very interested. I mean, he may end up being the mm-hmm. point. He may end up running the point. I, I just think I would prefer to see kind of LeBron play more of a one type of role and facilitate mm-hmm. that wow. um, because I think that's one of his better skill sets, especially mm-hmm. at this stage of his career. Okay. I like, wh- I like wh- where you're going with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do see him, not, not, for me personally, I do see him in the starting lineup. Um, mm-hmm. Not necessarily LeBron having to bring the ball up. Mm-hmm. I, I like to see LeBron play off the ball a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in those situations when the Lakers are down, they need a basket, they need a bucket, mm-hmm. then I will say, hey, you know, LeBron, bring the ball up. Yeah. Um, what about Jared Vanderbilt, Austin Reeves, Torrance Prince? Torrance Prince came from Minnesota. I think yeah. you need some toughness on the yeah. front line. We did. You needed somebody to defend uh, the likes of Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. the likes of Russ. The likes of Bradley Bill, um, all those guys in the West. Yeah. The West is loaded. The West is stacked, man. And then you add Torian Prince into that. Mm-hmm. Now, it, 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 now you have depth. Yeah. And I like Torian Prince's game. He's scrappy. Mm-hmm. Very scrappy player. Um, I think he's going to fit almost in – Again, I'm saying a lot by saying this, but he's going to mm-hmm. fit in more of like a Marcus Smart kind of role. Not saying that he's going to be that great. Right. Um, because Marcus Smart is one of the – I'm going to be honest. I'm going to go out on a limb. But Marcus Smart is probably one of the greater defensive players that we've seen. In this generation. Um, yeah, in this generation for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he can fit kind of in a similar role to that. I don't think he'll be, like I said, as great. <laughs> I want to make sure that I say that. I'm not saying that Tony mm-hmm. Prince is going to be Marcus Smart, but mm-hmm. I think that's the kind of the role sty- stylistically that I think he'll play. Mm-hmm. Um, and we needed that. We need that. 
You need that for sure. Yeah. You need that to get to the next step. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, well, yeah, get to the next step of the postseason. Yeah. And I'm honestly, we're in the Western Conference Finals, so the next step <laughs> is the finals. You know, I don't, I don't see the Lakers taking a step back because I think they mm-hmm. learned some things about themselves last season. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a level of resilience with this team mm-hmm. um, that we saw last year. Like they yeah. were first half of the season, going into the All Star break, everybody wrote them off. Nobody mm-hmm. said that they were supposed to do anything. They come mm-hmm. back after All Star after making some moves mm-hmm. um, that look very similar to this off season. If we're being <laughs> honest, um, Rob Palinka has done an amazing job mm-hmm. with this roster. Um, mm-hmm. You, it's not you have your two big names. You have Brian and AD, but you also have these role players that mm-hmm. specifically have done nothing in their career but fill the role. Right. Um, there is no ego involved. It's none yeah. of that extra stuff that comes with having a Russell mm-hmm. Westbrook or mm-hmm. somebody like a Dennis Schroeder. Or right. you know what I'm saying? Like, of course, you don't have that same level of ego. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's going to go really, really well with right. the two main the pillars of the team. You know, with Brian right. and AD. Um, so right. I'm very, very excited. I'm, I have high expectations now. Right. So, so, um, Cam Reddish, Cam Reddish is young. He's still, I think he's 23, 24 years old. Yeah. I want, I want him to bounce back and I want him to bounce back. He's bounced around the league now. Mm-hmm. I want him to bounce back. He was good in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. That's the only time he was good. Yeah. Other than that, New York and, uh, Portland have done nothing yeah. for him. Now you add him to the Lakers roster. Mm-hmm. I feel like, to me personally, I feel like this is a a revive of his career. I think so too. I want to see, I want to see him in the rotation. I think he's going to come off the bench and do some things. I think so too. I think that Cam oh, Reddish can't forget about Atlanta too. I'm sorry. Go yeah. ahead. I think Cam Reddish was in a lot of situations where they weren't trying to cultivate mm-hmm. talent. Mm-hmm. Um, he going to New York right now. I mean that it's not necessarily going to bode well for somebody who really needs development. Like they've been looking for a star since Melo left. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm just lie. being honest. Like they've been <laughs> reaching at stars. Time. They've been reaching for the stars since Melo mm-hmm. left, and I think that. They're looking for somebody who mm-hmm. who can really, like, mm-hmm. come in already developed and is ready to go. Because they have right. a lot of role players already. Mm-hmm. Cam Reddish wasn't going to make an impact amongst all of these other role players. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm thinking about even in Atlanta. Like, they have their own stuff mm-hmm. going on, too. They got their right. own issues. So, like, <laughs> he's been in some situations that weren't the greatest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in L.A., being around LeBron, I, I just have seen LeBron elevate so many different players mm-hmm. um, over the course of his 20-plus year career. Right. Um, players that we would have never even thought. Like, bro, I, I remember freaking Daniel Gibson. Right. <laughs> Like, I, I go back all the way there. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, oh, Drew Nisabgowski is Drew Gooden. Like, these are players mm-hmm. that, to this day, like, we know mm-hmm. their names because they played with LeBron. Right. Um, that's a long That's a long time. Yeah, that's a very long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> but, again, like, I, I really think that mm-hmm. Cam Reddish has an opportunity to really mm-hmm. develop. Right. You have, you have time to develop. You're not mm-hmm. in a situation that's requiring a lot of you. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm excited to see what his role will be. Um, I 
I do agree that I think he'll come off the bench. Um, but I believe his impact off the bench can be huge. Huge. Yeah. A if lot. He, if he develops I, properly. <laughs> I, I don't think people have seen the best of Cam Reddish yet. Yeah. And I think I think we're going to see more of the Atlanta Cam Reddish. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, but even more, even more and more, as soon as he uh, gains that confidence, yeah. I want to talk about Houston. <laughs> Houston's an, another thing um, yeah. that is competing in the playoffs. Well, this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. Now you make the move to Fran Vliet. Now you add uh, Jock Landell, and now you add Dylan Brooks four for eighty. Damn. So before you get into this, let me ask you a question. Sure. Did do you think Houston overpaid for Fred Van Fleet? Yes. I think so too. Yes. And I'm like, yes, he is an all star. Yes. Um mm-hmm. but they paid him like a leader of a team. <laughs> and I'm I was very confused by that. Honestly, right. like I was yeah. very, very confused. Mm-hmm. Like he got what was his number? Do Three you know? for one thirty. Three for one thirty. That's essentially like what, like that's like fifty million a year, something like that, almost. Three for one thirty. That's like, like forty something. Forty million something a year. I feel like that's insane, and I, like, but again, so. maybe, maybe that's not a crazy number, right now. Maybe that's not. Maybe that's like kind of the league mm-hmm. average for an all star. Um, I don't know, but that sounded crazy to me. That's I don't crazy. Know. I don't know. And then you sign, and to me, he could have signed elsewhere. Yeah. He could have signed elsewhere and got more years, For but then again, yeah. the same amount of money. Yeah. Um, Depending on where he went. Right. It, it, the weirdest part to me is Dylan Brooks, four for 80. They yeah. gambled on this guy. But you know why? Every team wants a Dylan Brooks, whether you love him or hate him. Yes. The Mavericks got a type of player that he is. Mm-hmm. Every team needs that. Like if you if you want to win, you have to have that guy yes. that don't give a damn. Yes. Like <laughs> I'm just being honest. Like you have to have the guy that is willing to fight a little bit. Right. The scrap. Right. They willing to they're gonna start some fights and they're gonna finish some fights. Right. <laughs> but you gotta have a guy that's willing to fight. You know right. what I'm saying? And so I'm not a Dylan Brooks fan either. I think he he talked a lot of noise, right. but I think he does have potential to mm-hmm. be one of those type of players that we talk about in the likes of Draymond Green, Marcus Smart, and mm-hmm. those scrappy guys who are willing to fight. Mar- right. uh, Marquise Morris, uh, yeah, yeah, one uh, of the Morris uh, twins. Marcus Morris, Marcus Morris. Thank you. Yeah, um, even Marquise too. You can add Marquise too. Yeah. So both of the Morris twins. Like, there's a type. Mm-hmm. There's a certain type. Marcus Smart. Um, Dennis Schroeder was supposed to be that for us, but eh. he's too small. He's too small. (laughs) This is a lot going on. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I think every team that's trying to win a chip Mm -hmm. has to have one of those. Denver had Aaron Gordon. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. everybody has one of those type of players, and I think that's what Houston was banking on. Mm -hmm. And you can make a lot of money in this league doing that. Hey, um, and they have, um, you know, not only they had an Aaron Gordon, they had a Bruce Brown too. That too, yeah. Br- Bruce Brown went to Indiana for two for forty five, and I, which I got a great laugh at, by the way. That was the worst contract. That was the worst 
team ever. But the funniest part to me was Mike Malone at the parade. I don't know if you watched the parade. I, I watched the, I watched snippets of it. He's like, y'all think Brucey B going anywhere? Brucey <laughs> B ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Brucey B is gone. And now <laughs> two years for $45 million later. Yeah, in Indiana. He'll be right back on the free agent market. <laughs> Again, in the next two years. Yeah. So even at 26 years old. Well, actually, I, honestly, I, if I was an NBA player, right, mm-hmm. and I knew I wasn't a superstar, or all-star mm-hmm. level player, yeah, I'm collecting that money too. That's it. Like he's right. made a living off of being a defensive player. He's made a living mm-hmm. off of shooting, mm-hmm. and he's done a great job with it from right. Brooklyn to Denver. Like, yeah. We've seen him become that type of player. Exactly. <laughs> and so, again, like I said, that type of player can make a lot of money in this league. They're so right. needed now because exactly. we're in a very finesse league. And so all it takes is one. It takes one. All and it takes is one. I just, I just don't like – well, to your point, I just don't like the fact that Memphis got rid of him so early. Yeah. And Dylan Brooks I'm talking about. Um, yeah. To open up a contract – to open up a guy that – that doesn't that doesn't does want to that doesn't want to be in this league. Yeah, and another guy that no Desmond Bain that doesn't get enough credit. Desmond Bain is extremely underrated. he doesn't he does not get enough credit. Five for two sixty. I personally think that yeah. Desmond Bain, if he was in a situation like New York, he could become a superstar. He could. Like if he was in a situation he where he just had the freedom in the room because Jaws the star of that team. Whether I mean suspension and all, like yeah. he is the centerpiece of that team. That team mm-hmm. is going to be built around him for future for the mm-hmm. years to come. He is probably going to end up if he gets his act together. Right, <laughs> he'll be the face <laughs> of the league. So at the end of the day, Desmond Bain is in a situation where he's like mastered that C.J. McCollum type of role. Right, um, and I feel like if he was in a situation where he could just be the star. Uh-huh. And it was him. Uh-huh. He's the centerpiece. Right. We talk about Desmond Bain a little different. Because he's great. I love his game. People don't talk about it a lot. No. In Memphis. They don't. It's all about the negative stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Memphis got some stuff, man. They got some pieces to play with. I mean, mm-hmm. they got Mar- they brought Marcus Smart in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's, that's a, if you're going to get rid of Dylan Brooks – you yeah. got to up it up, yeah. uh, up it up, and they did, and they did that. They brought uh, Marcus Smart in, and they mm-hmm. lost Tyus Jones to Washington, yeah. in a trade. Um, you know, Jaron Jackson. They got Stephen Adams still. So, yeah. really, honestly, they didn't do much. Yeah. But I think I do think it's I do think once well, Derek Rose can't figure get, get Derrick it out Rose. him. Derek Rose, I feel like he's going to play. He's definitely going to play, especially while Josh suspended. Mm-hmm. Um, for 25 games. 25 games, yeah. Yeah, so, you know. That'll which, keep him over, over, over the hump. I, I we do never got to talk about because I wasn't here when that happened. But, Ja, 25 games is very low. I just got to be It's very what? It's a very low number. That's a very low number of games. I thought he was going to get close to the 50. I, and he, I thought the whole season. But, I mean, I get it, though. But the time – see, the thing about it is – it's kind of weird when when we watched the NBA for a long time. Yeah. I seen the malice at the palace. Same. And I saw him run on tests, the formerly run on tests. Mm-hmm. 
get suspended the whole entire season. Yep. We get to 2023, and now Jaw gets 25 games versus back then guys were getting 20. They're well, not even 20. They were getting Literally half a season. Whole, they were getting yeah. whole seasons. Like Gilbert Arenas got, uh, yeah, I think he the, got a whole pist- season. Yeah, with the pistol in the locker. Yes. Yeah. And ja, uh, ja, Javaris Critton, who's in prison now. Mm-hmm. He he got some run too. Even so, Latrell Sprewell, I think Le- he got like what was that, like thirty games or something. I like believe that? so. Yeah. I believe so. Now it's like I, I I can't imagine how those guys are feeling right now because it's a different league, right? Like I think Ja is in the minority. Mm-hmm. His that aesthetic fits more with that time period. Like, if you put Ja back in 04, 05, <laughs> you put him back there, uh-huh. then, yeah, he's probably seeing about 30, 40 games. But you know the difference is David Stern. Yeah. David Stern wasn't playing. Stern. Like, David yeah. Stern was not playing. He changed the entire dress code. <laughs> Man, I, I, everybody I, I, started I, wearing suits. I did see um, Alan Iverson on the bench wearing a long tall tee. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> he's getting the tall team. Yeah, I'm saying like in the break, like ta- all of that stuff. Like right. all the stuff that Jai is doing now was happening back then, and they right. had to fight for it. Mm-hmm. It it wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't just like it is now, where you just got the freedom to do whatever you want. Players have so much freedom to mm-hmm. wear whatever they want, be whoever they want. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of wearing stuff, wearing stuff, and all that. I think Jokic is the only person that that dresses well on the bench. <laughs> Literally, I mean, I can't say that because Jokic be looking crazy too sometimes. Right. But, um, it's <laughs> but you know, it's just like it's one of those things to me where I I do feel like twenty five games is a slap on the wrist. I know Adam Silver is trying to be the players' commissioner, um, and really be the, in support of player freedom and initiative. That's why every time you ask him about um, the whole low management thing, mm-hmm. he dances around the question. <laughs> he dances around it. Like, and I and I like Adam Silver a lot. Don't get me wrong. I just think that David Stern was such a authoritative mm-hmm. commissioner. Right. You knew that he was the authority. Right. You knew that you couldn't play with him. Ja, first of all, the first time Ja got caught up, uh-huh. where he took his little eight-game hiatus or whatever that was, yes, um, that wouldn't have went the same if that was David Stern, just mm-hmm. the, off the first time. And then you got the audacity to do it again. Yeah, David Stern is going to make an example out of you, right? And you may not play for an entire season, including mm-hmm. the playoffs, <laughs> but y'all make it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's how David Stern saying. operated. Yeah. No, I, I no, I, I no, I, I, I like the way Davidson. Uh, uh, God rest his soul. I know I like the way he operated, yeah. um, and the does the audacity for the players to fight, the players associations to fight it, and then you got jokers like Lashawn McCoy saying, fifteen games." Uh, like he was saying, fifteen all, games. First of all, I don't want to hear nothing from Lashawn McCoy about basketball. Like, I get it, you're a sports reporter, but uh-huh. we're getting too comfortable with people that don't know a certain sport right? discussing that sport. Like, I get very, very irritated when I hear certain football players 
talk about basketball. <laughs> like, I don't. It's a thing for me. I don't know. Brandon Marshall is on that list too. I love. I love Brandon Marshall. Right. <laughs> love Brandon Marshall. Huge yeah. fan. But whenever he gets into basketball conversations, it's mm-hmm. like, all right, bro. Like, come on. He gets like, into a yelling match. Yeah. Exactly. He, like, he it doesn't make sense. Like, <laughs> that's it doesn't make sense. <laughs> and it's like the football pl- – I don't want to get off on a tangent, but uh-huh. it's just like the football <laughs> players always try to catch a hot take. They're trying to just say something outlandish to get the people attention. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, so that's why, I mean, I do like that Marcus Spears, specifically as an example, before right. – all the ESPN layoffs and stuff. <laughs> I, I want to talk about that in a second, but that's yeah. what I noticed with, when when it was Dominic Foxworthy. They asked him a question about the what. Uh, it was a basketball question last week, mm-hmm. and he was like, and he was and he was he was confused with his answer. But to your point, <laughs> football. He's a football guy. Football players that talk about basketball, yeah. they're so confused about about the the sport of basketball like yeah we can talk basketball and football all day yeah because we play it yeah but you guys played football for 10 plus years you know football more than you know basketball yeah like there's a lane for everybody bro right. i feel like the one thing that irritates me about espn specifically is mm-hmm. that they they allow too many people to cross sports lines right like that should be something that's only regulated to the Stephen A. Smiths, the Pat McAfee's, right. the people that – and Pat McAfee really only talks football. <laughs> yeah, he talks sports. Like, he talks a lot. He talks a, a lot of ridiculous stuff. Yeah. But he does talk sports. He, and, yeah, like, again, like, I think there's certain – like, you have to reach a certain ceiling in your mm-hmm. career to where you can talk multiple sports. Like, I feel like you should specialize in what you specialize in. Right. Like, again, like, LaShawn McCoy played what? 12 years in the league. 12 years in the league, yeah. And you should talk about the NFL. Like, bro, you got so much knowledge right. to give. Like, you have you so much NFL knowledge. Mm-hmm. 12 years, that's way past the average. <laughs> Damn. So, that's what I'm saying. The average career in the NFL is four to five years. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. again, like, you can give so much knowledge in that area and you can talk mm-hmm. about it strongly. You, you're you very confident when you speak about it. Right. Even if you're wrong, you're right. still confident. <laughs> Right. You know what I'm saying? Same thing with Brandon Marshall. Like, Fred, <laughs> all of these guys. Ryan Clark is amazing at football. Right. He talks great football, but I, I just like his takes in general. Right. Um, just because he comes from a perspective that I relate to. Mm. Um, but Ryan Clark is probably, like, one of my favorite analysts, but he's gotten right. to a point where I don't – like, you can talk about whatever sports you want. Exactly. You have to earn that. Right. <laughs> you have to build that. So that's all that I'm saying. You got to build that. But yeah. – I do want to talk about this ESPN layoffs because I did mention that on a thing. I don't even want to play the clip because, to me, I I want to give my own text about it, and your and I want your text as, as well. Absolutely. So, over the last week, you know, ESPN has been firing these people twenty plus nonstop. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to read you the list of again. These are good people. These are great people. Jeff Van Gundy, Jalen Rose, Max Kellerman, Keyshawn Johnson, Susie Colbert, Tom Grishay, Steve Young, Matt Hasselbeck, David Pollock, Ashley Brewer, Jason Fitz, LaFonso Ellis, Jordan Cornette. So 
to me, it's been hard for me watching ESPN Sports in the last few days because you don't see the type, the same personalities mm-hmm. that you're accustomed to. Like I'm seeing Ashley Brewer grow mm-hmm. from sports from LA. I'm seeing Steve Young. Keyshawn Johnson, even Keyshawn Johnson, we talked about multi multi sports. He was for he's a Lakers fan, mm-hmm. and you talk about this man doing a morning morning show along with Jay Will Max Kellen. Max Kellerman rebounded his career from first take because I felt like he was the worst worst first take contributor to Stephen A. Smith. Absolutely, Stephen A. said it too. Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you got David Pollock, who is the king. Well, one of the kings of college football, which I always admire, turning on the TV every Saturday morning, watching his, you know, takes, and he played. He he played college football. I don't want to hear it from Tim Tim Tebow because and, and Jesse Paul because both of those guys will give me something outside of college football, even though they're great outside of it. Susie Colbert being there for thirty plus years, being the host of NFL Countdown and doing numerous shows. Um, who else? Tom Shabe doing the draft show. That was surprised me. That was very surprising. Jeff Van Gunnen was another surprise, another too, surprise. because to me, Jeff Van Gunnen was more of a complainer on the on the NBA rules side. He wants everything done his way, and I felt like I hated that about him. But I do love the fact that he is a great broadcaster. And I respect his ability to challenge ESP, I challenged the NBA mm-hmm. while covering the NBA. I right. thought that was very bold. I like, love it, too. I have a high level of respect. I think ESPN hated that. ESPN hated it because the league hated it. Mm-hmm. And they're in relationship with yeah. the league. With so, the league. you know, yeah. <laughs> Naturally, ESPN <laughs> would not be in support of that. <laughs> no, they would, they would not. And that's why... Those three together, Mike, Mike Breen, Jeff Van Gunny, Mark, Mark Jackson, you can't find the best commentator in sports. Yeah. Um, now, it's more, now it's more of, I've been hearing Doc Rivers rumors. Yeah. I've been hearing J.J. Redick. And here's why they, those two would not fit. First of all, J.J. Redick, basketball knowledge, great, but he's not funny. He's you got to add humor to it. He's very dry. Very dry. Uh, Dark Rivers, you can't hear a soul from him. Dark Rivers is more of a, even though he did great broadcasting back in the day. Yeah. But it's not, it's different. It's a different landscape in broadcasting this this year. So now, where do you find that third broadcaster? Adores Burke. Um, you can find Audra Carter, even though she's wearing down on me a little bit. I love her, but she's wearing down on me a little bit. Yeah. Um, who else? Kendrick Perkins? No, he can't do any of that. <laughs> and I and honestly, I don't think he should be at ESPN. Honestly, for real. Hmm. Like I don't. I'm not a big fan of NBA Today. But um, there's no other candidates to fill that role. Another role. Another uh, the people have been saying Stephen A. Smith. He said that he should be he, he should be gone in the next few days. So let me tell you something about Stephen A. Right? Sure. Stephen A. ESPN. Stephen A. is not going anywhere. Stephen A. is the centerpiece of ESPN. Everybody knows it. It's very obvious to see, and they're gonna work him to death for that money that he <laughs> signed that contract <laughs> for. 
So I could easily see ESPN yeah. putting him on to uh, be a commentator for the game. I could easily see that. Easily oh, see God, that. That's gonna be because they. That's gonna be difficult. That's gonna be weird. It's gonna be very weird, and it's gonna be very difficult. But the thing about it is, I think Stephen A. knows that it's gonna. ESPN is gonna be Stephen A. and Pat McAfee. That's it. Pat McAfee. Part of this whole layoff thing is to make room for the amount of money that Pat McAfee is going to need. So, are, so question, are you yeah. blaming Pat McAfee for these layoffs? No, I'm not blaming Pat McAfee. It's not his fault. Okay. But it's the nature of the business. Yeah. At the end of the day, Pat McAfee is at the top of sports broadcasting along yes. with Stephen A. Mm-hmm. So to hold both of those contracts, mm-hmm. Stephen A is making about – I think if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong on this, but it might be like somewhere like thirty million, forty million, yeah, something around there. I remember I his new so. contract. I can't I remember so. exact the exact number, but it's in that range. He's yeah, he's he's up there. <laughs> Especially when you have shows like Stephen A's World, and then now you have yeah. the YouTube channel, which I yeah. really like. Uh, what else do he has? He has First Take. Yeah, like Stephen A is working. He's he, working. And then you have he does a couple of late night shows. Yeah, like in the past, when he's filled in for Jimmy Kimmel. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're right; he ain't going anywhere. He he was just saying that because he saw yeah. all his friends get yeah, laid because off. Because he's there. Like at the end of the day, you know, the vision of ESPN is very very clear to see right now. Mm-hmm. They're building around Stephen A. Smith and Pat McAfee. That's it. Right. That's it. Everybody else is is just like. The Lakers. <laughs> the Lakers have built this team around LeBron and Anthony and Davis. It's the same thing. You have your two pillars, right. and then you put your pieces around there right. to support those pillars. Right. That's it. But, it's very simple. But I think that right. you lost – losing a Pat Mac, uh not Pat McAfee, um, losing Todd McShay, losing um, some of these people that we were so accustomed to you seeing. Lo- you lost the, the, the young Ashley Brewer who did the, Brewer. The, the late night sports in, in L.A. Yeah. Um, you lost, uh, who else? You lost Keyshawn. Keyshawn is a big one. In oh, me. my gosh. That's huge. Keyshawn is a big one. In me. You I'm, lost Steve I'm young? surprised, actually, because yeah. I thought, like, you know, I love Jay Will. Uh-huh. He might be, he, his contract's he, up at the end of this month, too. Exactly, and that's what I was getting at, like, they may lose him too. <laughs> that's gonna be tough. Because that's gonna be kidding. like, yeah. That's gonna be like your NBA coverage and your morning show. And you know, I was watching. Um, I never seen Freddie Coleman in real life. I listened to yeah. Freddie Coleman for the last ten, ten plus years on late nights and at ESPN Radio, which is long gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's doing the morning, the semi morning show until ESPN figures it out. Yeah, and so. To me, I always, I, I grew up listening to Mike and Mike. I grew up listening to, it went from Mike and Mike to Trey and Mike. Yeah. Now they have, and and um, who else was in them? Oh, Keyshawn and, and Jay Will, and then Max mm-hmm. Kelman before Zoom in. Yeah. And now you have nothing. ESPN yeah. <laughs> Radio's long gone. It's garbage. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but radio in general is... It's just different. It's yeah. taking a different. It looks different now. They don't even have it in, in, in our in our in our cities anymore. Yeah, they don't. I remember, like, even in Dallas, if you DFW area, yeah, like was, you know Joey Randy Galloway. Yes, um, uh, Nate Newton. Nate Newton. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> and now so, it's 
now it's more it's yeah wiped away. I used away. to love listening to Randy Galloway is probably like one of my favorite <laughs> um, radio personalities in Dallas. Like before before the fan came on, that yeah. was the one that was, that was the, the one, one station that I listened to. I remember to. every Monday after the Cowboys lose it's overreaction Monday. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like I have a lot of memories with ESPN radio. Mm. Um and it's it's sad to see it not be the same thing, but radio is not the same anymore. Right. Um we have too many different visual outlets. Right. Um and I think that because of this situation, this is kind of a separate point, but FS1 is going to be the network that's going to benefit from this the most. Um, How so? Because now when you have Shannon Sharp leave, and I th- I do think Shannon Sharp may be making a play to come to ESPN also. I think that could be a part of this. I'm trying um, to see in what role. I don't know what role specifically. Um, I, it's hard for me to say. This is, is all speculative, but I just have a, I just have a feeling that with him leaving undisputed uh-huh. at this time, yes. you also got a lot of movement at ESPN prior to his layoff. Okay. Uh, not layoff, or him leaving FS1. Yeah. Um, I think I could easily see him either. I mean, he could be a part of first take. He could be, you know what I'm saying? It, it could be something where they're trying to rebuild that sh- uh, Skip and Shannon uh, type of thing. Yeah. At ESPN, you know now, what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you're saying. I do like the rotational of commentators. I do too. I got used to it. Mm-hmm. So it was weird at first. But. It was weird, but I always look at the good. Uh, see, Shannon starts more of a five day a week type of guy. He is, and so to me. I would like to see him on five days a week at ESPN, but then again, first take loves the rotational guys, especially in the football season. And to that point, though, I wonder if, like, what format would fit uh, Shannon Sharp other than the debate type of format? That's what, because we haven't seen him in that capacity. Like, it's always been a debate back and forth type of format, which is kind of the norm now. Yeah. Um, But it's just a little different when it's not one-on-one. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you if he's on a panel like, um, what's my with Nick Young and what's that show called? Um, what's that? Oh, oh, um, yeah. First take first. Yes, first things first. First um, things first. Yeah. Uh, if you're on a show uh, like Nick, that, uh, uh, right? And uh, Chris Broussard? Yeah, I said Nick Young, Nick Wright. Right. <laughs> Lord, <laughs> I, I'm Bad messing up everybody's name. That's I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I um, I we've never seen him in a debate type of format where you're debating with multiple people and you got a bunch of different opinions coming at you. Right. Um, it's always been one-on-one huh. um, for the last, I mean, they did that show for like, what, eight years? Se- yeah, seven years. Seven years? Seven years. Um, so uh, ESPN used to have that one-on-one debate, but now it's more of a it's more of a two to three people debate yeah. along with Stephen A. Yeah. Um, and I think Shannon could handle it. It would just be different to see. I don't think he get, he's able to do his Uncle Shay type of stuff. Right. You know what I'm saying? I I think it changes. It would the be dynamic. weird. It would be kind of weird. So I'm I'm interested to see where he lands. Uh-huh. Um, but I think a lot of these people, especially Todd McShay, I think uh-huh. Todd McShay is going to land somewhere at FS1. I think I can see that it. sucks. And now that, 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 you're right. Now it's going to grow. That brand's going to grow. Yeah. 
that brand's gonna gonna be more of a more of what ESPN used to be. Mm-hmm. It used to be uh, all these shows back to back. Now you have now you have Get Up, you have First Take, and now you have the Pat McAfee show, mm-hmm. and then you have uh, possibly the. Uh, I, I'm not a big fan of NBA t- today. I'm not a fan of N- NBA today at all. Uh, I hate that cast. To be totally honest, you know what's funny? People, people, you know what's funny? People were, were you know, all the layoffs happened. Yeah, and they didn't mention Malika, Malika Andrews because she's controversial, right? And the thing about Malika is that she she has settled into this role as mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of men don't like her opinions, right? <laughs> Just being totally honest, they like her looks. She looks amazing. She's a great-looking girl, um, woman. But right. I think that a lot of men don't gravitate towards her opinions. Right. So it's working for them because she becomes controversial. Right. Um, so getting rid of her probably wouldn't be a smart idea right now because she's one popular. No, it, um, wouldn't, it wouldn't be. And she, I mean, she pulls a certain audience. You know what I'm right. saying? She pulls that audience that's like, that wants to go against her. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? <laughs> People tune in for right. controversy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I mean, it's again, ridiculous. I like Malika's, I like what she shifted into because I've seen her from the time that she got on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like she was kind of finding her space. Yeah. And I think she's found it. Even if I don't agree with everything that she said. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's she's done a great job right. with just cultivating that. Well, to me, um, I'm not surprised that they let that they did, did not let Malika go. Um, I done I I do think she's done a, a decent job, not a great job, not a good job, a decent job. Mm-hmm. Um, I I feel like I feel like like you. She br- does bring that certain type of awesome, uh, uh, audience, but I do mm-hmm. feel like that she she does she makes everyone like her. That's by what, her taste. I think that's what she attempts to do, and it backfires. <laughs> it backfires a, <laughs> a, a lot. She and, wants to be the politically correct kind of like straight. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it necessarily, right. but I think you know what I'm getting at. Right. Like it's yeah, very. It's very comfortable. Right. Maybe that's the word. Um, well, yes. Well, ESPN made a mistake by getting rid of Jamel Hill back in the day. And Michael, Michael Smith, yeah. But to that point, sorry to cut you off. No, it's okay. But Jamel is the very thing that ESPN doesn't want. ESPN wants that corporate look. They want that corporate. I want you to be straight up and down. Right. With do how, what with we'll do takes. what you what, what we ask you to do. Exactly. Jamel Hill is for her people in when it concerns black issues in sports, when it concerns Malika's um, not Malika's not gonna take a stand like that. Malika's not gonna get up and say and talk about the president of the United States. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like uh, uh, she's uh, not gonna, uh, on her show, but yeah. to me, she doesn't being being and this is a little personal. Being an African American woman, mm-hmm. it you lacks think, a little authenticity. You would think yeah. that you bring people like yourself that look yeah. like you, galvanize, you know, 
uh, galvanize a certain audience. So you you are in a bigger platform than most of these women are. That's a fact. Most of these women don't have to fight. Like, I could easily remember Sherry being on uh, Sherry. 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 Oh, Sherry. Sherry Shepard. Sherry, Sherry Shepard. Okay, yeah. Being on The View. Mm-hmm. She had to fight from, from Wendy to get on her, her show. Yeah. She got it. She finally got it. But now, but you don't, but Malika doesn't show that fight towards us, for us, and to me. To that point, I agree. But ESPN doesn't want that. They don't want her to do They that. should. It, it, ESPN it, is corporate, bro. At they the end are. of the day, no, ESPN is a corporate I, entity. I understand. They operate just like a lot of these other major companies, yes. and they don't want anybody that's going to come in there and rock the boat. That's the same right. reason they got rid of Kerry Champion, the same reason they got rid of Jamel Hill. And it's... It's very calculated. <laughs> I want to ask you a question. Yeah. Why, why, why is uh, why is why is uh, Say still still there? Say still has Sage a lawsuit. Still, Say still I, does have a lawsuit. She has a lawsuit, so she's still there. She is there. I, I can't answer that. That's a very valid point. Mm-hmm. I can't answer that. She I, easily I have know. her own platform. Easily. Yeah, I believe so too. Mm-hmm. Stephen A. Again, as hard as he goes for certain things, he's not a boat rocker. <laughs> he's not a boat rocker. If you listen to the takes that he, t- when mm-hmm. things happen, right? Mm-hmm. He says, how can I say? It? He says the corporate version of what Carrie and Jamel would say. <laughs> the same sentiment, yeah. but he knows how to, he's mastered the art of polishing it right. to where it don't sound as abrasive and as, as aggressive. <laughs> of course. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. He's done a great job with that. Like he'll, um, I remember when um, the whole Kyrie situation happened. Yes, he took more of a stance that leaned more corporate than uh-huh. in support of what Kyrie was t- discussing. Right. You, ca- it's like it's almost like a mind game that he plays on <laughs> ESPN. <laughs> but I see through it because right. I've heard him talk outside of ESPN. Mm-hmm. So he has the freedom with his other platforms and mm-hmm. other things that he's done to talk freely. Right. I've heard how he really feels, so I know where it comes from. Right. But he knows how to polish and clean it up just enough mm-hmm. to where it doesn't feel like he's rocking the boat, right. which is a testament to his brilliance. Um, right. But, again, I think there's a lot of examples. Jay Will is another mm-hmm. one to me. Um, yes. He, again, not necessarily a boat rocker, <laughs> mm-hmm. but he is somebody that's going to stand on what he says. Yeah. He's going to be strong in his opinions. He's solid. And I don't know what his run is going to look like at ESPN, especially with his contract being up. Yeah, um, there's not other shows. Yeah. There's not other shows out there that are going are doing uh, these th- this type of concept that ESPN is doing the sports yeah. con- type concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of fighting, Dion, they don't even. You, you know what I noticed during college, and you probably see it. Mm-hmm. They don't put enough HBCUs. On ESPN, their main but I'm talking about their main platform. Yeah, like they'd be on ESPN put on ESPN two online. Which, yeah. by the way, you can't get nothing and online. Not two, three, <laughs> <laughs> they don't put us on ESPN two. We'd be on ESPN three. Three ESPN U yeah. at night and at sometimes night. ESPN plus. You 
Okay, first of all, you can't get anything off ESPN Plus. Some people, some people's computers don't work well like that. Like you talk about, you talk about putting, like for example, yeah. uh, you talk about putting Florida A and M on ESPN Plus. No disrespect, ESPN Plus, I, and I'm a subscriber of ESPN. I know this. Yeah, ESPN Plus does platform does not work most of the time. It doesn't. Like you have to literally restart your whole entire computer. I was watching UNT games on ESPN Plus. Yeah. I had to restart that twice. And I mean, to be totally honest, ESPN Plus is <laughs> not worth it to me. Like, it's not worth it. It's slow. They have thirty for thirties, and they have uh, the occasional game. Right. <laughs> like, I'm paying all of this money mm-hmm. for y'all not even to show me games. Right. <laughs> it's all documentaries. It's, it's all, all <laughs> like it's all it's all stuff that they won't they won't put on their ESPN platform. Yeah. They, you can see the commercials late at night. Mm-hmm. They won't put that they won't put that commercial yeah. on e- ESPN at night, even though they should. Yeah. And to uh, your HBCU point. Yes. Um and, I mean, I, the same thing could be said for the XFL, right? Um, sure. I think that the NFL has relationships with the major leagues, mm-hmm. NCAA, NBA, NFL, yeah. NHL, MLB, NASCAR, all of those, they have relationships built. Mm-hmm. The NCAA does not want HBCUs to get the attention that they rightfully deserve. We know this. We've seen yeah. it enough. To, like, we've been around enough years to know right. that if the NCAA really supported HBCUs, mm-hmm. we would be having a different conversation right. about HBCU sports. Right. It would be on the same playing field mm-hmm. as some of these other Division One colleges that we right. get to see, even Division Two. So. They should stop lying to us then. Yeah. I, I think it's all a big game of smoke and mirrors. And until we realize that we need our own platforms for HBCU sports yes. and not be so reliant right. on ESPN, right. I think I think the biggest thing for me is seeing so many people because ESPN has been the standard for so many mm-hmm. years. Sure. We see so many people, entities. Yeah. They solely rely on ESPN. If we can't get on ESPN, what are we doing? Right. Same thing with a lot of these major networks. Right. TV space. So. Um, well, they're not showing it on Fox. But. Um, yeah. And so, again. That's the next biggest one. The moment we get our own platform for HBCU sports, for mm-hmm. XFL, for mm-hmm. all of these different sporting mm-hmm. events that don't get shown, mm-hmm. we're just going to be constantly having the same conversation. That's 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 crazy. Yeah. And that's probably why Dion went to Colorado because he wants his team to be on the map on ESPN. And basically. I mean truthfully, the reason Dion though I do believe that he was in full support of the HBCU system, he mm-hmm. wanted to grow it. Yes. I think he and ran he into some roadblocks that we don't know about. Um, yeah. again, speculation. I think he ran into some major roadblocks that hindered him from doing all of the things that he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was the one that got sponsorship so that they could rebuild the athletic facility. Right. He was the one that put them on the map. Mm-hmm. He was the one that got kids who are the top in the country mm-hmm. considering going to an HBCU now. It, he changed the mentality. Um, he, he was one. I do also think 
that Dion was in it for his own self-interest. He wanted to be a head coach. Right. He did. That's the reality. I mean, it, multiple things can be true. Right. Um, I think that it got to a point where the roadblocks that he was facing at the HBCU mm-hmm. didn't out were outweighing mm-hmm. what he valued, I guess, right. what he was trying to accomplish. Right. Um, and so going to Colorado was an opportunity for him to coach on the level that it's not a lot of black coaches that get the opportunity to do that. The coach know? in Colorado, even. Um, <laughs> uh, but but I, but to your point about HBCUs, mm-hmm. we have BET. BET, right? So mm-hmm. BET can show a lot of HBCU sports. Yeah. Revolt, you know, the mm-hmm. music channel. Yeah. Revolt can show that, but I just don't see why. So why can't we like being you, the me, the music guy, mm-hmm. BET Revolt, or maybe even MTV can mm-hmm. show HBCU sports? So let me tell you, right? Sure. BET specifically was owned by Viacom. Okay. Viacom yes. owns MTV, VH1, Nick, um, Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon um, some other one, I, I believe CBS, uh, Paramount, something like that. I can't remember. Okay. Um, but BT was not owned by black people. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, Tyler Perry Tyler Perry's about just to own recently um, can, uh, put that deal in place to own BT. Okay. So I'm very interested to see what they change, what they shift. But I think BET is about to come to Tyler Perry channel. <laughs> um, and I think that HBCU sports may have, especially in the SWAC, like the major mm-hmm. HBCUs, yes. I think they may already have some sort of deal or workings with ESPN already, which is why they're still even shown on ESPN 2 and 3. Um, so it may That's be something shame. there. that I don't, It's a lot of information that I don't know. Right. Um, but I do know that for the longest, BT was not owned by black people. Revolt, they're solely, for a long time, they were solely music-based, solely entertainment-based. Mm-hmm. So it was the, the it was no real sports. Yeah. It would have looked awkward at Revolt. Um, it wouldn't have had the same effect as it would have at maybe mm-hmm. a BT or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, so, again, we have plenty of spaces plenty of spaces. I just don't know what it would take or what that would look like on a business side because I don't have that information. Sure. Um, but we got plenty of spaces. There's a bunch of black-owned platforms that could house HBCU content, games, um, anything related to HBCU. So we have a lot of that. There has to be. There's opportunity there. It's just, I, I don't, again, I don't know what the mm. SWAC and the CIAA and mm. all of these HBCU there has to conferences. Be. I don't know what their dealings or workings are mm. on the business side. So, so before we go, mm. I want to. Uh, so where does ESPN go from here? Um, looking at the content in the fall because we got yeah. NFL, we got college football. Mm-hmm. And October, we got basketball. Yeah. So now, football side, where did they go from here? Knowing that we don't have these anchors anymore. Yeah. I 
honestly, I can't even tell you. I don't know. I know what their vision looks like to me, right? Mm-hmm. Their vision looks like they're going to center this thing around, as I said earlier, Stephen A., Pat McAfee. That's, that looks like the centerpiece. So they'll have the final say of who they hire, who they hire, and what content can be shown on ESPN. Yeah. And so I'm very, I'm very much so wondering, because the thing about Pat McAfee, right, mm-hmm. he can ask for more because he was technically independent. Mm-hmm. So his money that he's willing to ask for because he's built a platform, mm-hmm. I mean, primarily by himself, <laughs> Right. So, I think that the amount of money that Pat McAfee can ask for is the reason why we're seeing these layoffs. I don't right. blame Pat McAfee because he's doing good business. Right. He's doing exactly either. what a business person should do when I have it, when I'm an independent mm-hmm. entity, and y'all want to, y'all want my content. <laughs> right. It's, yeah, I'm gonna tax you. Run it up. Right. <laughs> and figure it out. <laughs> and Stephen A. I mean, he's been. Locked in with ESPN for years. Mm-hmm. Um, he just signed his new deal. What was mm-hmm. that? A year and a half ago, or something I believe like that. So. Um, so, again, with those are your centerpieces. Everything else is going to be what it is. That's kind of how I see it. I don't know who is going to come and replace these people, or if they're even going to be able to replace uh, these people. No, I don't know what I, that's going to look like. Um, there's, there's not enough. To me, I want to. Uh, I watch both sides. I watch college football, the mm-hmm. NFL, and then the NBA college basketball. Yeah. I could tell you how it looks like here. So on the NFL side, there's going to be a countdown. No, I'm sorry, not a countdown, but a live. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not, again, you're not going to have Keyshawn because Keyshawn will do his morning show, then he'll mm-hmm. come in the afternoon and do, I don't know, they, they may, that might be a tape delayed. Yeah. Um, but, I do see the NFL live crew having one player mm-hmm. or maybe a couple of uh, maybe two players on that set. Yeah. I also see college football. David Pollock was all of college football. He was all over it. College yeah. football Saturday during the games all over it. Yeah. That will sink. That was sink because we get our knowledge from call from, um, from him. Yeah. He played the game. We're not going to get it from a Jesse Palmer or from Tim Tebow because both of those guys, to their credit, they are college football players, guys, but they don't – but their expertise are outside of it. They're more of a mm-hmm. entertainment type of guy, mm-hmm. type of business. Yeah. yeah mindset, sorry, mindset. So they're not going to talk – they're going to talk college football, but – it's not the college football we want to hear. We want to yeah. hear your space. David Paul gave it his space. Yeah. Jesse Palmer and Tim Weaver are not going to get. So college football on that side is going to be a little different. Mm-hmm. College basketball is going to be it's going to stay the same. But Lafonza wasn't. He was getting on his own. He's starting to creep up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But he is not. It's it's going to be stay the same. Yeah, the NBA side is going to be different because if that third crew does not work out, mm-hmm. then it's going to look bad on the on the um, on the NBA side. Yeah, because we want a woman like Doris Burke. Mm-hmm. Doris Burke will work well with Mark Jackson and Mike Breen. 
And I love I love Doris Burke. Uh, it I won't be, be it won't be no JJ Reddick. JJ because it, it'd be if it's JJ Reddick or Doc Rivers, it'd be more of a of people of a people base mm-hmm. of what people want. People that don't watch sports want JJ Reddick's dry humor. Will want Doc Rivers' uh, nonsense go voice. Yeah. <laughs> or they can say, well, we can elevate Audre Carter, mm-hmm. who is semi. She's right here. But she, I see her do the draft. She could have done a lot better. Yeah, she could have done a lot better. She called out JJ Redick on the on the space. And first of all, you don't call a, a player that played eighteen years, well, actually, sixteen years in the league, mm-hmm. average. Yeah, that's sixteen years. Sixteen years. <laughs> yeah, and like shooting what? Uh, shooting over thirty percent every single time. You don't call that players, but. She's never played in the league, but to me, I'm not this. I love her to death, but she, she but she's right here in the middle. Mm-hmm. She's no, she's trying to do NBA, but she's not there yet. Mm-hmm. Now, college basketball, women's basketball, she's done a fa- phenomenal job, mm-hmm. but she would have to grow from here. So, with that being said, everyone, um, with that being said. Guys, I love it. So we will go from here. Now, that's our show for today. Now, my Texas quick, my Texas University of Texas quick take. Um, I do think Quinn Urs is the start of this team. Archie Manning needs to grow a little bit. So Quinn Urs will start at quarterback when the season starts. Um, I do see them winning about eight, maybe nine. I'm going to give them nine games. Nine games, Texas wins. Uh, they don't necessarily win the Big 12, but I'm going to give them nine wins. Okay, guys, that's it for our show. Uh, coming up next uh, next week, we're going to talk about the NBA Summer League in, in its entirely and the WNBA All-Star break as well. Actually, before the All-Star break, before the All-Star game, we're going to talk about some WNBA stuff as well. But that is it, guys. Our sh- that's our show. That's that, that's Beyond the Game Podcast. My name is Jamie. Thank you to the great Aaron Winfield for coming on. Uh, thank you for Gay for for coming in and, and doing his thing. And you'll be listening to Fishbowl Radio. It's Beyond the Game. See you all next week.